So, did you guys get to Brooklyn Bridge? I gotta ask real quick before we start this. No, we no. Really, honestly, we did not do much of anything. Uh, no, you guys, bullshit! You guys, how was that pizza? Yeah, was did. that pizza as good as it looked? Oh, you know, we, we went to the library, we went to pizza, we went to Grand Central Station. Grand you know? Central's <laughs> fucking amazing. <laughs> Grand Central's amazing. And then we actually battled this other crew on the street, you know, with our dances oh, battle. You should have seen it. It was badass, man. They got served. <laughs> I bet, we, I we bet also, people were throwing we also had a rain. It was like a rain, a rainstorm at the top of the... Oh, yeah, the rain, rainstorm. Oh, my God, oh, Brent. The, the rain at the top of the Empire Hotel was freaking insane. It looked it like Batman. Like, like they were in Gotham City and shit, <laughs> man. <laughs> Yeah, the, the Batman. <laughs> right. Oh man! I love uh, welcome that. to a special theatrical slash streaming episode of Three and a Half Gentlemen, the podcast where three of the four hosts provide a refined and intellectual analysis of movies from our private collections. And one of us tries desperately to keep up. We'll let you decide which host is which. But for now, my name is Sean, and with me, as always, are my co-hosts Jeremiah. What up, yo? Eddie. Thank you. Thank you very much. And Brandon. I'm shaking my hips, but you can't see it because we're recording on audio. Oh, I'm screaming. <laughs> I'm going to throw, ah! throw my panties. I'm going to throw my oh, panties. Please do. Good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anyways, we're drinking Oktoberfest, guys. Uh, before we dive into season four of our podcast with a new format and many of our favorite films, we're going to bring you a new release as we finish our 2022 uh, come January, the host will be diving in a new selection of hand-cultivated films well-suited for our audience. As with every review we give, our goal is to answer one simple question. How many drinks does it take to get through the film we just watched? At the end of the podcast, we'll rate the movie based on a scale of 0 to 5, 0 being the perfect film that you can watch Stone Cold Silver, and 5 being the sort of film that makes you want to strangle an aging Tom Hanks before, we can make any more, before he can make any more lackluster films. God, I miss my 90s Tom Hanks. Fuck. Oh God, I miss Tom Hanks from the any any decade, but this one. Uh, yeah. Tom Hanks in me stay the Woody. With that, with that uh, gentlemen, what movie do we have shaking its uh, hips on its way into our our lives tonight? Well, tonight we have the 2022's musically inspired life story of the music icon, the King, the one and only Elvis Presley. From his humble childhood beginnings and through his evolution into a rock star and a movie star through the 1950s, Baz Luhrmann's Elvis explores the complex relationship between Elvis and his manager, Colonel Tom Parker. This visual spectacle, as any Baz Luhrmann will be, is rated 7.5 on IMDb with a critic score of 77%, an audience score of 94%. Are we watching the same movie? It's like they didn't watch the end of the movie. It's like they didn't watch the <laughs> they saw the credits at the beginning of the movie and they're like, here we go, nine ninety-five percent. There's no trailer like a Baz Luhrmann trailer. No trailer. What happened, right what happened no. was is that they kept focusing on Austin Butler yeah. and not Tom Hanks. Well or I keep focusing on Austin or, Butler. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, but Austin Butler is very difficult to I mean, uh, not focus he's on. He's absolutely <laughs> fabulous, as my script says. So so can I just start off and just say this again, because this is kind of a trend. Uh, Boz Lerman is an acquired taste. No, you know what, Jared? <laughs> so I, I don't think he's an acquired taste. I think he's a shit director who keeps getting 
great stories and great movies to do and fucks them up. That's what he does. So here's, I don't understand. Here's here's <laughs> here's what we got with with because we have to start with Buzz and we need to only like we can only talk about Buzz really and Tom Hanks. So what I've what I've gone through and I've defended to Sean. I know I've defended to you many a times. I say Baz Luhrmann is is fantastic. He's a great director, and I'm really going off of one movie because I think Moulin Rouge is is a is a damn near perfect movie. And Jer, I know you can agree with that. However, that doesn't translate to other that doesn't translate to other movies. And what he does is he takes the exact same format, which is frenetic, crazy, insane, fast paced, everything going at the same time for the first half of the movie and then he slows it down it didn't work for gatsby it didn't work for australia and it sure as fuck didn't work for elvis that baz Luhrmann needs to get off of his his style and try something new yeah, yeah he just needs to stop making movies he, he, uh, I, I don't know i feel like you i feel like us four watched a different movie because yeah, Jim, uh, Jim, Ron Tomatoes, 94, 94 bro <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna say i'm gonna say a few things here one I don't think I've ever seen a movie in my lifetime where two actors, one gives one of the, the you know, one of the best performances of the year and the other actor gives one of the worst performances of the year. <laughs> like I never seen well anything like that in any movies. Like I'm just like, what was Tom Hanks doing in this movie? He looked like a creepy or acting like a creepy DC Marvel or, or like a, the penguin. He, he, he was like yeah, moving around, like lurching around and whatnot. I'm like, like, what are you doing in this fucking movie? Are you in the same fucking movie? Because I know he's trying to do his research and he's trying to say, like, you know, he didn't really understand because Colonel Parker never was in, in interviews. But there's an interview out there and he sounds like a normal person coming from, like, you know, Memphis, Tennessee and shit like that. Or, you know, Memphis. And it's just like, what the fuck? Well, there is one other I mean, performance. There's, it wasn't just- there's one other performance of the year that I think is, is a worse quality than Tom Hanks in Elvis. Jer, and that is Tom Hanks as Geppetto in Pinocchio. That literally, <laughs> I heard that he's playing the same it's accent. The same, is that true? It's the same accent, and it's just minus a bunch of fat suit. That's all I'm saying. It's the same accent. It's the mm. same terrible performance. I had to sit through it, Eddie. I know you got little kids. Don't do it, buddy. Don't do it to them. Don't do it to you. I haven't yet. I have good, not. Don't. Don't. Anyway, not, Jer, I, I appreciate what you're saying. They're really, you're they're right. really into Star Wars. Yeah, good. Good for them. But yeah, you're right. Okay, so Austin Butler. I mean, I guess we can go ahead and and um and just ba- basically get our fanboy out on Austin Butler. I'm I'm predicting I'm predicting Oscar win for him. I know that we don't talk Oscars much here, but I'm he's going to win. He oh, should I, win. Um, yeah. I mean, honestly, uh, there's been very few performances that I've like I, I've I've called. And, mm-hmm. and I will say I called Christian Bale in the fighter. I've, call, mm-hmm. I've there's been a couple of like moments where you you have this character who you it's indiscernible from the actor. Mm-hmm. And for me that that was when he was I believe he was wearing a pink suit, but it, it might not have been. And he was deciding if he was gonna be the new Elvis or the old Elvis, if he was going to reemerge mm-hmm. as like the hip shaking boy or you know, or or kind of acquiesce to what everyone was trying to do to him. And he's on stage and he has that moment. And it was the moment where as the audience and the audience that was in at the concert, everyone was holding their breath to see mm-hmm. what he was going to do. And to me, that's the type of captivation 
that is an Oscar winning performance. It it sucks you in and you forget you're watching a movie and you think, my God, this man's going to do something or woman is going to do something. So yeah. you're referring to the Russ Wood Park scene, right? When he's yes, actually playing yes. and he's just, you know, before he does his first performance, that's the second performance when they're you know trying to like put him in a hole and because he's just controversial and whatnot, right? Mm-hmm. That's yeah, the one you talk about. Yeah, that's okay. correct. When he's, yes. So I mean, I want to touch. When he's playing like in the gymnasium. So. Yeah. No. So one of the things I think we need to understand is that there are some actors in certain roles that they they just become the character and they just do a great job of becoming. You mentioned Christian Bale. I mean, to me, oh he's, yeah, he's Christian Bale in anything. But what I want to talk about with with Austin Butler is he was born to play this role. You just look at the eyes, like it's biologically he was set from birth to play Elvis. Yes. Not only that, and then his Joaquin voice Phoenix was born to play Johnny Cash. Yeah. I mean. His vocal inflection, right? Um, everything about him in this movie screamed Elvis. And it's a shame that nothing else in this movie did justice. I'm going to be, I'm going to be truthful. I'm going to be truthful. I wish that I had watched a two hour music video that just took Austin Butler performing all the great moments of Elvis's life on stage because <laughs> it was amazing. I would, I mean, I, I, his voice and I forget, you know, everyone makes fun of Elvis. Now it's, yeah, he's like a caricature mm-hmm. of what he was yeah. and listening to the raw voice that was just phenomenal. It really oh, showed yeah. you a lot of respect for uh, what he had, the talent he had. You know, he's always compared to the greats, right? He's always, he's the king of pop or a king king of rock. King Michael of rock. Jackson was the king of pop, right? So you you got to, you forget how good these people actually were in mm-hmm. order to 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 change music like they did. You know, the same thing with the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. They're kind of all caricatures of what they were. Mm-hmm. Eddie, what do you think? Oh no, uh, I feel like I, I agree with Sean. If I just watched. Like three, I mean, it, it could even be three hours of just Elvis Presley, a documentary of him, yes. you know, just Austin, you know, Austin singing the songs. It would have been a truly, the, I would have been a higher score movie for me. Like just seeing all the, I forgot all the different songs he actually sang. And also the the relationship. I, I did like the relationship that kind of had at the very beginning of his parents. And he changed, uh, kind of, like, it, he grew up I and mean, when his mom passed away, when he had to deal with force of the military, I don't know if, how accurate that is, but I do, I was a little confused. I thought he joined because he wanted to, I didn't know it was because of other reasons to like get the, the government off his tail. I don't know if that's accurate enough, but it was good to see different sides of Elvis Presley when he was younger. And yeah. I, I do like that part. Um, yeah. My question to you guys is that the problem that I have with this film is that we're only getting one side of the story. And it's the narration of Tom Parker. You know, he's the oh, one that's actually walking around this whole casino and this situation. So no, what I'm trying to say is that it's un it's unreliable regarding to what you're watching in this movie because you know how do you believe a person that's actually kind of making things up or potentially you know using his side of the story? So what you're seeing with Elvis is just like it feels like I don't understand why they use it on that narration side and not focus on Elvis. What do you guys well, think? Don't you don't focus on Elvis. If you want to choose a subject, choose uh, Beale Street and the African American influence of rock and roll. Yeah, what, yes. I mean the concept that the only real music that is American comes from the African American community. That is fact. That is truth. And to have that influence over Elvis, I think would have just been a fascinating. And they touched on it with Little Richard. They touched on it with. 
some of the uh, characters. BB King. BB King. That's where I would have focused the story that he integrated yeah. so much of black culture into rock and roll, which really, if you think about this, just from a historical time frame, right? You've got Elvis emerging in the 1950s paving uh, not paving the way for civil rights because he didn't but at least making a, a audio connection between the african-american community and the white community yep. and bringing it bringing us into the 1960s where it was gonna be a, a you know a, a hard time but ultimately a fruitful time for integration yeah anyway continue. so no and you, he, he was he was loved he was loved by both communities right. like, yeah and i just showed you like it was from memphis tennessee Right. Mm -hmm. uh, it shows you like I didn't know about that. Like and just knowing it's like, you know what, this is how it all started. And I, I love that. And I think it should have dived more into that. And we, it gives Elvis, you realize everything that Elvis grew up on. He got it from how he how he how he was raised. It gives him it, context it, and character. And it was his inspiration yeah. from the gospel and RB that he was actually involved with and oh, everything. Like that. Yeah. And I love that part of the film. Whole, like we got to see something like that. Yeah. I thought that was like. He got the yeah. feeling, like he got the shades, like he just started feeling that he, he got yeah. it. He, it came from, you know, uh, from above. Yeah. Brandon, so, so no, I, I want to go back to, to Jerry, your question, because I think that it's a really, really good question because it's one of my biggest frustrations and complaints. And my, my problem with a lot of movies is I, I look at them um, kind of on a literary critiquing level where I'm looking at structure, I'm looking at format, I'm looking at a lot of things like that. And so you mentioned that we've got Tom Parker is our narrator, right? He, he's the one who's telling us the story at the beginning. Yeah. He's telling us the story throughout. It's our unreliable narrator, which, you know, I'm going to pat, you know, Baz Luhrmann on the back for saying, okay, let's take this approach. But, and here's the big, but by the end of the movie, he's died out and we get the, uh, tight, the, the little, words on the screen that tell us what happened. So about three quarters of the way through the movie, Baz Luhrmann and the other writers of this film decided they're going to drop the entire narratorial structure of the entire film, which if we're looking at this just on a film structure level, this is nowhere near a 50% on Rotten Tomatoes. This should be literally a, a 10% because it, it basically forsakes everything that it's built up to that point. All of a sudden, the narrator disappears and we're just left with one of the most anticlimactic endings of any film I've ever seen. I mean, if you, if you no, you're good, because if you look at um, biographies in particular, if you look at, uh, you know, uh, what are they called? Not biography. Is it biography? No. Uh, movie? Yeah. Like a music, like a music bio. If it's, if it's a movie, yeah. yeah. If it's a, a movie about a, an artist, like, uh, uh, you know, walk the line or right. Yeah. <clears throat> The best movies, yeah, but not even music. I'm just talking about oh, a, a yeah. person individ individually. The best stories are not about that person, but about that person and the way they interacted in the moment in time. Yeah. So if you look at like Cinderella Man, yeah. you've got it wasn't about the Braddock family; it was about the depression and overcoming the depression, American exceptionalism. See to me, this biscuit. was this movie. Yes. Right, see, but the same exact way. So it was it was about go. the moment, not a yeah. Anyway, but this yeah. movie to me had all the makings to make it about the moment, and in some ways it really did succeed. But yeah, you're in right. a lot yeah. of ways it failed because it was so it was so dependent on Tom Hanks, who to me you could have taken Tom Hanks out of the movie entirely, mm -hmm. and I wouldn't have even missed him. Yeah. Not so, just because of his bad performance. Yeah. So, Sean, I think that, I think that <laughs> yeah. one of the issues here, and, and I'm not one to, to throw you know nationality around, but one of the problems is having an Australian director and writer 
trying to tell a very, very American story. Um, and I think that this story mm -hmm. would have been handled in a much better way because I think he would have, he or she would have maybe focused a little bit more on the American traditions created within it if it was more of an American director. And, yeah, Jer, I know you want to go. We go talked at me. about. Hold on. Well, we talked about this, Brandon. Oh, I'm sorry, Jeremiah. I, I have to get this one in. Um, we, me and Brandon talked about this in Connecticut, mm -hmm. and it was an interview with Denzel Washington, and they asked mm -hmm. him why black directors should yes. direct black stories. And I'm always of the impression whoever is, you know, whoever should direct this, this film should direct the film. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. And he said, it's not about mm -hmm. color. It's about culture. It's about Steven Spielberg directing a movie about Jewish people in Schindler's List because he's Jewish because Martin Scorsese could have directed Schindler's List, but it would have been a very different movie. Steven Spielberg could have directed Goodfellas. It would have been a very different movie. Yeah. So it's about culture. And I yeah. think Bos Lerman doesn't have American culture to rely on in a Agreed. movie like this. I, I know that quote that you're talking about, and it's just, just like you, Denzel nailed it right there. So I, I like that quote. If we could find that and somewhere and post that, but that was a really good quote. I like that. Yeah, it, was, it's probably, it was beautiful. I mean, it's it, probably yeah. why Gatsby, I mean, if we're going to take the same approach, Gatsby is such an American story too. And why Gatsby right. failed so drastically, it might. And, and Jerry, I know you're going to come back and I, I'm really excited to hear what you have to say, but I, I just think that it fails because it's missing, it's missing the fire that's driving it. Well, I, there's two things here what I'm thinking about about this movie. It Boz was real, got connected with the Presleys and they had their hands on this whole thing regarding to what was going to be brought in here. You know, I mean, there are the reasons why even Austin Butler, after a two year search and just so many like auditions, like, you know, they thought that was the right person there and everything like that. It was. They got but that the right. thing is, is that what I was thinking about is that Boz Lerman, as much as he is just he puts his own spin and everything like that. I mean, in a lot of ways, I thought for me personally, just for personally, this is, was one of his best directing films that he's done. Maybe not story-wise, but, but best directing. Because you he really put the the focus on Elvis in a way where you're just exhausted. And you're feeling exactly what Elvis was going through at that time. Where you're just like, fuck, it's just going so crazy and whatnot. Because that was his lifestyle and everything like that. And again, it's not to say that you know it, it, people might like it or anything like that. But to me... It was not the worst thing he's done. You know, it's not as worse as uh, Greg Gatsby. But I feel like seriously, like, I think this is one of his most professional directing he's ever done in a long time. That's just my opinion. Yeah. Sean, are you saying, Jeremy, are you I just I want to clarify that because I think you've touched on a really brilliant point. Where are you suggesting that the pace of the film, the scenes, the cuts, the the way that the film is presented is supposed to be building up to a crescendo of overwhelmingness, which probably isn't a word, but I'm going to use it anyway, because, you know, Elvis, Elvis was overwhelmed by being Elvis and the audience was overwhelmed by the film just as he was reaching the pinnacle of his career. Is that kind of what you're saying? Exactly, because, you know, you're experiencing his life. And there's a reason why it's just cut every three seconds. One, two, three, boom, another scene. One, that's two, three, also, boom, another that's scene. That's also Lerman's style. It is his style. And, and I, can style. Appreciate, style. I can appreciate that. To, and and I, I might appreciate the movie more on the second watch with that perspective. But I would much rather have seen a three-hour music video watching <laughs> Austin Butler. And I think it's because Baz Lerman – well, Baz Lerman – he he is a music film. He's a music, uh, what is it? <laughs> music video type director, right? Where you have 
no, I mean, every, every shot lasts maybe, yeah, half of a second to two seconds at most, right? It's, it's about keeping our attention. Now, the problem is that Lerman's movies are long and they're drawn out. And, and I mean, literally you feel, and I get what you're saying. You feel exhausted by the end of it, but guess what? I feel exhausted by the end of this one. I feel exhausted by the end of Australia, which is very, very much not but you have movie. to take those movies. I, I totally, I totally, I'm, yeah. I'm on a hundred percent on your side on this guys. hundred percent. But when you watch this movie, you've got to take those movies away from it. You know, so as what you're saying is like, that Lerman like, is the know? right director for this film is what you're saying. I, I, I just have a feeling like, because you know, I don't know if he's the right director, but I, I see what he was trying to do with this. Now, if you put Scott Cooper into this type of a thing, <laughs> you might have a different type of situation oh, here. You know, love that so, movie. so I think, I think I don't know about I don't know if he hit it on the nail. I did, I just think it was almost that's what he went through. I think any director yeah. would have been able to touch on that. Yeah. I mean that was his life, and it was like it's impossible to not touch on that. So I, I think he he's probably they probably saw that like hey he this is his lifestyle. It's like Boz could probably do this a good way, but overall like I like the idea. Like he doesn't understand the American culture, mm-hmm. but it did as an audience. You get you get the feeling like damn like. I, you felt so bad, overwhelmed. Like, when the hell does he rest? When the hell does he sleep? And the, those moments of flashes, like, okay, well, he, this, this is what he did wrong. This is what he did wrong. This is what he did wrong. And then his his dad didn't step up to just like, hey, that's enough. He you got know, taken like, advantage by year. Cooper. So, I mean, like, sorry, by, 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 by um, uh, Tom. By every, no, by even his dad by was just, had no backbone. Yeah, like it was just different times. But it was of, also you the see, 1950s, like, so many yeah. people in his life were supposed to step up, and they weren't there to mm-hmm. step up at the right time. So let me let me. Has anyone seen the movie Rocket Man? The Elton John no, biopic. I haven't yet. I really want to. Uh, Hannah loves that movie because she's a big fan of Tyler and <laughs> Taylor. What's his name? Uh, um, she loves uh, Elton John. Ed, uh, Ed, uh, yeah. Ed Gott or, 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 or whatever. No, 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 that is um. Nope, not that. Yeah, it is the Kingsman guy. No, yeah, it's getting you're it's gonna, gonna bug me. Hold on, it's the guy from Sing. Karen Edgerton. I got the T part. Yeah, I yeah. got it. No, okay, no. hold on. But let me tell you what they did in that film that I think was incredibly successful. To Jeremiah's point, is they used kind of uh, <clears throat> not science fiction, but they used out of this world, yeah, uh, motion and out of this world scenes to depict Elton John going out of kind of going crazy and getting sucked into drugs and alcohol. And, but you still had the core of his songs playing along the movie. And I think that's what I'm missing is I I felt like I never actually got a start to finish, maybe one Mm -hmm. start to finish Elvis presented song. You know what, you know, another, another Uh, movie that does the same thing or similar thing, even though it's not a biopic is uh, across the universe. With the Beatles, where I don't know if you guys have seen that one, but it's similar, yeah, yeah, yeah where, yeah, where you've yeah. got these dream uh, yeah. sequences, but it plays into the the movie or the, uh, it plays into the music, and I think we needed more focus on the music here, which on the then music. yeah, because his music is brilliant, is and his brilliant. delivery is fabulous, and I mean when he sings Unchained Melody, I think was that the wait, what, what did he sing in the last? The that, last, was the, the that was the last performance. That was the last performance. Up his, yeah, and that's the only one that I felt like we got a start to finish. Oh my gosh, this was Elvis. That was real Elvis, right, guys? Yeah. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, I'm going to disagree on this part here because I thought about the MLK I thought shooting. all the performances that he's done in this movie were just. 
phenomenal. I thought that the when he was doing the Vegas, the first time you see the Vegas shows, and you see like Elvis being like, you know, they showed him how he was very articulate regarding to what he was trying to get the sound, and you saw like, yeah. every instrument was getting broken down regarding to this is what I want. But that was a badass part, Jerry. That was a great part. That was so dope right there, and I thought that was amazing. Showed the it showed the musician side of Elvis. Like he was more than just a voice. He 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 want he knew how what he wanted. I don't want to. I don't. Sean, he, he took back the gospel at that part. Yes, and Sean, I don't want to put words yeah. in your mouth, but I think what you're trying to say and what Sean's saying, and what at least I'm I'm agreeing with, is that it was a stripped down. It was just him playing the song. It wasn't intercutting between when he was a kid and and all these other things, which was fantastic in that part. But that last song, we just had a song being played to us, and we felt like we were there in that room with him. And I would have liked it twice more. I would have liked it at the beginning and I would have liked it in the middle. I would have liked performances that were almost complete songs where like, and I, you know, I'm not suggesting that the movie is totally accurate, but I could see him playing suspicious minds for the first time or, and having a completely silent audience at the very end of the song. Cause that's the song is so powerful and to finish and then have them go crazy. Like I would have liked a moment where he could revel in his in who he was and i felt like you didn't get that you guys didn't get that when he did the christmas special when he was dressed all in white i mean that was like i got mm. chills watching that part right I, there you guys didn't I feel didn't that at get all? that no I, I i have in my notes right here oh, the wow. only time that okay. to me the best part was him leading the band in the, the vegas rehearsal that was great and then yeah. the unchained melody part um because if i do like how the christmas special came about yeah did you like that I do like how the Christmas special came about. Well, it, like he was so pushed that the business side of it was like Christmas, Christmas. So it is, you know, his, his, what Tom Parker, whatever his name was, it was pushing certain things, agendas, but he's like, Hey, you know what? There's, I need to speak to the people right now because the people are hurting. It shows you a different side of Elvis that he, he was a man of the people trying to be. And I think he, he brought, I mean, this was, you think he came from 1935 to, to 1977, he came out of time, and he, I think he helped a lot of America get past Each decade stages. when you think about it. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and, and, yeah. I, I don't mean to look at history again, but 1935, he was born. 1941 was Pearl Harbor. 47 was the end of the war. 45 was the end of the war. The World, yeah. World War II. 46. Yeah. 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 So he lived, he lived from World War II all the way through civil rights, all the way through – you know, to 1977, which was the birth of technology, you're, you're talking about a life that really spanned mm-hmm. the kind of the meat and potatoes of American without uh, yeah, uh, we, uh, <laughs> American growth. Right, and we didn't even get in. <laughs> did they correct me if I'm wrong, but they don't really touch on Vietnam, which I mean, I know Vietnam's kind of an overplayed thing, but but, you know, yeah. I think it would have been it's interesting. Well, I think really when is. he had his comeback special, it kind of didn't really dive deep on that part, but it really kind of showed like, you know, he was getting the afterthought kind of being like a joke, like, oh, here's Elvis in another movie and everything like that. You know, mm-hmm. the Beatles are coming in the world and whatnot, you know, they're taking over what he used to be, you know, and everything. But then the kind of touch a little bit of it in that atmosphere of the 60s where he was just like, no, nah, I'm just going to get my guitar and my black suit and I'm just going to just, you know, be Elvis again and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Well, and if you look at it, so I, I don't know if anyone follows other artists, but like when Queen did uh, the, you know, at the end of that, that movie, Bohemian Rhapsody, yep. when they did the Live Aid concert, there, there's these comeback stories, right? Everyone has this comeback story. 
Um, Elton John did I'm Still Standing after he went to rehab. Everyone thought he was dead. Paul McCartney came back with a day in the life after everyone assumed he was dead. Well, he yeah. might be dead. He might be dead. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. Th- if, you spin there, the record, are... if you spin the record backwards, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> There's these great moments in music, and, and to have him kind of reemerge. Uh, is something spectacular, so especially someone who I always thought as a musician. At some point, we would be we would be blessed with one more great album or one more great something. So, um, we're still holding so out for didn't he? Or it was indeed Martin. Yeah. One of them did that. Uh, yeah, no, but there are certain you know, you're, <laughs> there are certain <laughs> musicians that like you're you're way like we'll never have a Prince resurgence. And the reason I say that is because you have something like um, Neil Diamond, right? Neil Diamond, about five years ago, 10 years ago, he did a song, a, a album with Rick Rubin called 10, 10 Songs or 12 Songs, something like that. And it was a stripped down version. Johnny Cash did it. You've got a reintroduction of this character. I would love to see an 80 year old Elvis give a reintroduction of his of his fame and glory. That's all I'm saying. Let's put it this way. Like, I'm going to, to talk about two things right. here. One is that I like how you kind of touch about the whole, like, you know, Sam Phillips thing and his, you know, some records. And that, you know, they bought RCA bought the contract from Elvis, right? You know, for $35,000. That money, what he got for was able to actually help his studio still go, was able to actually sign or record Johnny Cash and Roy Alberston. So Elvis really kind of, in a lot of ways, he is the birth of like rock and roll when you think about it. You yes. know, there was nothing like go, him before I, that. I would go further and say he was the birth of modern music. I mean... Culture, yeah. Not, Pop, yeah. I mean, culture and he brought, and, he brought everything together. Right. Mm-hmm. Last then, question, guys. Yeah. Last question. Sorry. What is your favorite music biopic? If you had to choose one that you're just going to go with the grave, what is that movie that you like so much that you can watch over and over again? Dewey Cox. Uh, Dewey Cox. Uh, the, the Dewey Cox story. Walk hard. You took John C. Rush. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? Um, that's a great question, and I'm, you're kind of spoiling what I'm going to talk about in my uh, my final thoughts. Um, but I'm going to go with Ray. I really am. Um, I know there's a bunch out there. There's a bunch of great ones. Ray was one of the few that really caught me off guard. I think that's what it was. So I'm going to go with Ray. Nice, uh, Eddie. Eddie. Um, it's loosely based on something, so I don't know if it's good, but it's it'll be for almost famous. Oh, you can't uh, with, do that. That's uh, a great that movie. Led Zeppelin. No, you can't. Do that. You <laughs> can't do that. That's not a biopic. That's a that is a uh, that's an I upper echelon it's, movie. It's, it's, it's a, a Cameron Crowe biopic. I mean, I, you yeah, know, if we're gonna go with that, then I'm gonna change my view, my vote. Eddie, I thought you were gonna go with La Bamba. Oh, a, I love wow. La Bamba. That's a great one. I was thinking Selena, to be honest. I was really thinking Selena. I like Selena, to be honest. Well, I'm gonna cheat. I'm gonna go Sound of Music. The Yeah, right. That's so funny, dude. No, but it honestly, you, Jeremiah? What was, what was yours, Jeremiah? Uh, I have two, actually, that's a uh, personal favorite. I mean, just because of the actor. Um, Val Kimmer and the Doors. I fucking think yeah. he was just amazing as Jim Morrison. And I have to go with uh, Control, the story about Ian Curtis of Joy Division. It was done in black and white, and it is fucking phenomenal. Like, it's Shit. so raw. Sean, so. What's, what's, your, what's your real pick? Oh, Night and Day. It's actually old Cary Grant, um, a Cary Grant pick. Um, and he played... Uh, uh, Cole Porter, who is the number one, like, if you listen to American Standard Music, uh, he, no, no, uh, Cole Porter is American Standard Music. So there's so many songs 
that have have survived decade after decade after decade, century after century that are Cole Porter. Like, just look them up. It's like yeah. every every song. I have two real ones. To be honest, <laughs> outside of, I thought La Bamba was so it, that, dude. La Bamba was no, awesome. Billy Richie Valens. So one of them. One of them you might make you laugh, but the other one might be real. I, I want to see what you guys think. So one of them is uh, what? So one of them is the Dirt, Motley Crue. Oh, okay. You guys never. Oh, that was that, that was. A, I didn't yeah, watch that. Was, I didn't watch that Netflix a young uh, show. Motley Crue, right? That mm-hmm. book was fucking crazy, other one, dude. The, the other one is straight out of Compton. Okay, like that, that was dope. Yeah, that was fucking great. I, was that I, the one about Tupac and Biggie and coming up? And, no, this no, was, was about Ice D, Dr. Dre, and Easy E. Okay, there was one with Tupac and Biggie. I want to say it was it was Notorious. It was another one that was about Biggie. Notorious is one. Yeah, about Biggie. Compton was fucking great, dude. That was a great movie. Oh, okay. I'm going to throw another one out there, which is not a total biopic, but Eight Mile. I mean the Eminem story. That's, that's more biopic than uh, than almost famous. Just that's saying. a great one. <laughs> so, uh, you guys ever feel like if you ever think about the the numbers, uh, like dude, Elvis died when he was forty two, seventy seven. If he would have lasted twenty more years, mm-hmm. sixty two, that that would took him to ninety seven. Taking him to Aaron Judge. How much more music we would have had? That's what him. I'm saying. Is I would have loved to hear an old uh, uh, voice, mm-hmm. a little a little harsh. Because these these musicians that are still around, like um, you know, uh, Tom Petty, I would love, I would I would love yeah, to I mean, hear Tom Petty. As, Tom Petty's uh, dead. You know, uh, Tom Petty's dead. No, I know. So I'm saying I would oh, love okay. to hear, hear okay. Tom Petty. As an that old one man. hurt my heart. That one hurt my heart. I, I got to tell you about a story about Tom Petty. So I have passes to go to this festival, right? And it's the third day, and Tom Petty's playing, and I give it to my buddy Nikki. I'm like, you know, hey, dude, here you go, man. You know. And he goes, man, thank you so much. Like a day later, he's like, it's one of the best shows I've seen. And I'm like, cool. I'll, I'll see him some other time. Two weeks later, he nope. fucking died. No. Nope. And I'm just like, it. God damn it. Yeah. Fate, f- universe, you suck. <laughs> so Tom Petty, so I, that's grew, my Tom Petty story. I grew up with Tom Petty in the sense of like his songs got me from age zero all the way up to, uh, you know, age 25. I mean, that, that, his music was classic so i mean eventually we're gonna get the tom petty story we just are um and i hope that they don't destroy it but sean going back to um to what you were saying i think that johnny cash and that final album where you know hurt is one of the big ones mm. that comes from that and that america that i think was song the yeah that that song but that whole album was what music i think could be right and and yeah I, I'm going to tell you this much. Hurt is, you know, Trent Reznor, Nine Inch Nails. It's yeah. one of the most amazing fucking songs. It's about so fucking pers- personal and dark. Mm-hmm. And Johnny Cash did that song he, and he made it his own. It. He steals it from Reznor. Yeah. It's fucking amazing to do that, to make another song, to still to make it your music own. Music video. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. Oh, God. And what's so funny is that you, yeah. Eddie was talking about, Eddie was talking about like, what would have happened if you would have been alive and whatnot? You know, and there's. We to touch so many different artists, man. Yeah. Change music hundred He just was still under control of Parker, and I guess they got separated in the end. Regarding to he got let go, but seriously, I mean, look at the look at the songs that he produced. I'm just looking at like the top fifty Elvis songs. All of them, I, I mean, I would argue ninety percent of them. I know, I, I I can like I can hum. I I remember what they are. You know, what I, I can't mean? help falling in love with you know. Come on. That song has been yeah. been and been to every decade. It's, it's now I mean, or never. Suspicious minds. It's now or never. Jailhouse Rock. All shook up. 
uh, Return to Sender in the ghetto. I mean, I'm just looking at them thinking, my God, how many Hound Dog, uh, Surrender, Memories, um, Blue Suede Shoes, Fever. I mean, th- these songs are just freaking, like, iconic. And uh, you can, once again, you laugh a little bit because you've got everyone has done the Elvis voice when they were, you know, <laughs> when they were singing along. <laughs> It's something that our parents do at karaoke oh, night. Yeah. This is the, the Elvis is yeah. Elvis for everyone is the top. Like there's gonna be an Elvis song played at every karaoke night somewhere. In if the, you're in if the you're world. with like our side of the family, you're gonna have like a karaoke night. But that's why oh. Austin Butler is so good in this movie because he just doesn't just like hey I'm just gonna do it with an accent. He embodies Elvis. He was Elvis. He was Elvis. Simple Austin, as that. Austin was amazing. I was a little bit sad yeah. that Forrest Gump didn't come in and have a little bit of a cameo. You know, so here, that, maybe that's that kind of was funny. maybe that was it. a solution if you just had that was Tom a good Hanks Tom not Hanks. be a ridiculous, but not just be a ridiculous like banshee with his voice out high and weird. Like, I mean, if he would have just been Tom Hanks, he was like, like a fucking ghoul. He's like, oh, <laughs> he's my meal ticket. Like I'm he played snowball him. <laughs> I was like, what he the played fuck Walt are you Disney, doing? and he was fantastic. Right. That was like ten years ago now. <laughs> yeah. Have you guys seen pictures of who he's supposed to play? I'm looking it up right now. It doesn't matter. I'm just saying that. that, (laughs) I mean, it kind of looked like him. I don't care. But the makeup and the prosthetics, especially on old Tom Parker, I mean, they're really good. They're they're done well. Uh, The problem is that what's underneath it. Okay, but compare but compare that. To a vastly less qualified and less good actor, still one of my favorite actors in the world, Colin Farrell, in the Batman playing Penguin, in a fat suit with all the best makeup, that was phenomenal. Tom Hanks was terrible. Like, I mean, you say Colin Farrell is is a less good because Colin Farrell's a god in my opinion. Come on, Tom. No, look at Colin Farrell's not Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks is an iconic American movie actor. Come on, come on, come on. No, that's true, man. Like he was the yeah, '90s. I, I mean, fuck, he was amazing. And he was the 2000s. Saving Private Ryan, Forrest Gump. I mean, you were talking. I was with both those '90s. <laughs> those are '90s. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry about that. <laughs> yep. I mean, yeah. my, my bad there, Jeremiah. My bad. My bad. I was just excited because I knew some movies. Because I, I don't like Tom Hanks. He's not my favorite actor. Really? He's always he's always Tom Hanks. Yes. In every yeah. movie. I like, he's Tom Hanks. I like him as Woody. As, <laughs> I like him as Woody. You want to talk That's about good much. Tom Hanks because he wrote, directed this movie. He was playing Tom Hanks, but it was also a biopic, which I should have included in there, was of the Wonders or the O'Neaters. Oh, that thing you do is, uh, is yeah. yeah. Uh, that is one of my go-to movies. Like when I, no, when I don't have do is, that, that I, I love, love that, that thing movie. you do. That's a fucking that's fun a movie. Great movie. That's a fun Steve movie. Zahn. Oh God, Steve Zahn. You know what? Hey, uh, people out there, if you want to hear us talk about that thing, you do uh, shout us out in the comments, send emails, <laughs> whatever we do. Mm. So I'd love to just hey, watch yeah, that. Austin one again. Butler is supposed to be in, uh, Austin Butler is supposed to be in uh, Dune part two. Was it? Yeah, yeah I'm excited he, to see that. He's supposed to be in that Spielberg Tom Hanks new uh, band of brothers. He's taking the lead, like you know, it's all about the. You oh, know, the Tom Hanks boys. is producing though. It's okay. Yeah. Don't, don't yeah. worry about it. It'll be okay. He, he's a good producer. He just, you know, <laughs> I don't know about, <laughs> I don't know about this whole acting thing, man. He hasn't he done a good movie in the last up. five years. When's the last good movie? Five he's years. Been... When, when's the last good Tom Hanks movie? I mean, honestly speaking, Captain when is the, not the last terminal. good Tom Hanks movie? I can. I Captain will be able to tell you that. That was good. 
Which ones? I didn't oh, even Captain watch the Scully, and I wanted to see it, but I was just like, uh, nah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, Captain Phillips was good. I mean, it was not was, great. are we going to call Captain Phillips good? I thought he was no, good. We're gonna gonna that that was good no, we're just going to be like, you know, hey, I'm starving. I am the captain the appetizer now. is really I am good. The now. I mean, Bridge of Spies was terrible. Saving you know Mr. What? Banks was mediocre at best. Captain Phillips, I'm sorry, was mediocre. Cloud Atlas was dog shit. Extremely loud and incredibly close. He wasn't even in. Um, you know what? I, Sean's I mean, got a damn said Woody. Larry Crown. Sean, you've got a good point, man. Larry fucking Crown. We're not. We're excluding Toy Story. That's just his voice, and he's fantastic. Why? Uh, Angels and Demons. <laughs> Angels and Demons in 2009 is the last movie that was like okay. Oh, that was terrible. No, no, no. I'm going back to Catch right, Me. If you I can. don't know. Hannah made me watch that. I didn't like that at all. Yeah. Oh, Catch Me If You Can. Go. What about the Da Vinci Code? No, no, no. Hey, no, no. no, no. Castaway was great. Castaway Any of the Robert Langdon's are not good when he's when he steps. That was Jeremiah. That was twenty two years ago. That was twenty two fucking years ago. Ooh, I'm gonna, we're you still know wearing what? our My Wilson favorite? shirt. We're, we're waiting for a comeback. The Green no, Mile. Catch you if you can was good. The Green Mile was, green mile was great. Was good. Oh, that was 1999. Yeah. That, that, that was, was 98. It's, it's Road to Perdition. Yeah. Right. Okay. Was Road to Perdition was okay. So where's that? 2002. Let's Private get back to Elvis. Private Ryan. Let's, just let's, call him, let's call Tom Hanks hasn't been good since 2002. Austin Butler's going to win an Academy Award. The movie was dog shit, but Austin Butler was fabulous. So we're good. <laughs> Podcast over? Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> and with that, that brings us to the end of review. Now it's time with the podcast. Where each Can we of the do Halloween specials now? Can we do Halloween specials now? Come on. Now it's time in the podcast where each of the hosts provides a score on the following scale. Eddie, can you provide that scale, please? Uh, yes, uh, yes, I, I can. I want my 90s uh, Tom Hanks back. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, zero, the perfect movie. Don't nope, need shit to one. enjoy it. One, I filled your first cocktail. Two, a, two, a happy buzz. Three, you're going to Uber or Lyft home. Four, rough morning Get watch of shame. Five, blackout shit face, spring break drunk. Like. Gentlemen, let's go hard. All right? Let's go hard on this. So I'm going to go with uh, Brandon. Yeah. yeah. Okay, up. so... I have had I've been practicing this one for now two weeks since we were supposed to record this two weeks ago. So um, my problem with this is that even with Austin uh, Austin Butler's absolutely amazing, stunning performance, I didn't really care about Elvis the way that I care I should have cared about him. And I do I I put pin this completely on the writing and the directing. That I take, a, I take the biopics, uh, like Walk the Line and Ray, which are both about characters and musicians who really I don't, I never really cared a ton about. I never listened to Ray Charles. I never really listened to Johnny Cash before I saw these movies. But what those movies did is that they made me care about the the main character. They focused so much on it. They told their story. They didn't try to do something special. They just wanted to tell a story about an American or, or you know whoever. It didn't have to be American, but those two are about Americans. American American musician and it told a story so that we gave a shit about them so that we care when they die when Elvis dies I didn't care because guess what it was written on the screen I didn't have any kind of emotional connection and that is not Austin Butler's fault at all that is completely Baz Luhrmann I understand Jer what you're saying but at the same time when everything that he does is this style he might have been a great director for it but what he does is he ends up taking us away from the character and that is the problem when you have a character 
driven story like this one. Um, for me, this was, this was as bad as they come. Uh, I, I two nighted this one. I didn't want to come back to it on the second night, but I felt like I had to. So I'm going to give this one. Uh, I, I, I don't believe it's the worst movie I've ever seen, but it's a 4.75 for me. 4.75. Uh, Eddie, I want to go with you, buddy. You gotta be kidding okay. me, dude. I don't even know what that Thank is. Thank you. Oh you God. know, 4.75. It's not a five. Wow. That is a rough okay, morning so... walk of shame. Uh, that is a shot and a spill dribble. And, and I think a that I bit probably had some Bloody Marys the next <laughs> morning is all I'm saying. So oh. what, what is he, what's he saying is like, it's not fucking Thor. And <laughs> I've not seen that, but maybe that's a five. It's not the mummy three. And I love Brandon Fraser out there. I love I, I, I'm going to say right now, okay. it's not a, it's not a five, Brandon. It's, it's not a five. So can I? Our can score, I go? our scoreboard doesn't, doesn't have a number for it. Four is. Yeah. Go uh, ahead. Hey, you're a lot. You're talking a lot, Sean. Like uh, the Toronto right now. So. Sorry, <laughs> sorry about that, Eddie. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so Austin Butler, Austin Butler, Austin Butler. You know. I can't help but I'm falling in love with him. I just had some burning love for him. I was a little suspicious minds with Tom Hanks as the, the Tom, you know, but it's now or never with this store. So I'm going to return this back to the sender with uh, my score. So I was just truly in awe of Austin with, he turned around the movie at times you're thinking, but overall it, it didn't turn around enough. He just, you got happy when he was on the screen of just hearing Elvis stuff. This is gonna. We're gonna look back at this movie, and uh, we're gonna say this was the birth of Austin Butler, and that's that's what this movie is about. Uh, and with and he gave a lot of good love to the Presleys, uh, when you know with Elvis, and he did a good show. I I did like Priscilla in the in the movie. Yeah, uh, she was great. And she was cool. We didn't even talk about her a lot with the what she had to go through uh, with uh, you know with Lisa Marie, uh, but the actress who played Priscilla, she did good. I thought. Yeah. Um, now. Overall, it was I, I hated how it was like it was just weird, like how they made the movie. Um, they could have done it so many different ways. It was so weird. Sometimes I was like, what is this? When am, am I watching? I, it took me three different nights to finish this movie because I just didn't care for it at all. Uh, so it, I still I still have about fifteen minutes left of it because um, I just stopped. Uh, <laughs> he dies. How many, yeah, yeah I, I I figured it out in the very beginning. I think he dies. I, that's the, the main part of it. You um, figured it out. In the he was he, not from yeah, history. Yeah. He died. The, my, my my question was how old was he died when yeah, he died? And yeah. the show it's forty two. So I was like, okay, wow, that's crazy. Uh, but I'm giving this honestly. This is a below average movie, and it's uh, it's not as crazy as Brandon's oh, store, no, but no, I am no. giving it a three point five. A three point five. Oh. This is. A three five. This is I'm gonna I'm close to a rough, a rough morning watch of shame. So it's apparently it's uh, average is, movies at two point five. This is at three point five. October is Eddie's time. You're Uber election home. It's between that and a a rough morning watch of shame. It's be, it's almost a rough morning watch of shame, brother. A three a three point five, brother. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> thank you, thank you very much, uh, Sean. You want to go? You want me to go? I'll go. Um, yeah. So. Uh, uh, couple things about this movie. Number one, Austin Butler, you can't say enough about him. The guy was just intoxicating. He was absolutely fantastic. Um, I, like I said before, I wish it had been more focused on him as an actor and let him really be Elvis um, and not so many cuts. Uh, you know, I, I don't like, I don't like when a, a director's style overcomes the material. 
uh, Sam Raimi to me has the same problem where his style overcomes the material sometimes. I think he did that in in Multiverse of Madness a little bit where it's like, just give me the story. And I like your spin and your your influence, but I I don't want to see you. I want to see the movie. Now, that's completely different. When I watch a Spielberg film, I want to see Spielberg. I want to see his vast shots. I want to see, you know, anyway, it doesn't matter. This movie was hindered by Baz Luhrmann. He made this movie worse. And I think the material was good. I think Austin Butler was good. I think, once again, Tom Hanks was dog shit. I'm not going to go as bad as you guys went, um, only because I think this is going to win an Academy Award. I think Austin Butler deserves it. I think he, he was absolutely brilliant. And for that, it's it's a three point two five. It's definitely below average, but it's it's you know, Boz needs to learn either to have stories that embrace his style, or or change his style. One of the two needs to happen. Um, and that's what I mean. Moulin Rouge it fit his style. Everything since then. His style has overcome the movie, overcame a great American novel, Gatsby, overcame Australia, which would otherwise would have been a wonderful movie. I, I just can't take it anymore. I can't, I can't take him anymore. I agree. Not with your score, though, but what you're saying. Sorry. sorry. Very long movies. Very long yes, movies. So long. Very long review, too. I apologize. <laughs> no, very long movies. Yeah, we're around the campfire. He has actually have, has a four-hour uh, edit cut, actually, that he was thinking about releasing no, on HBO. No. That's just the word around the campfire. Yeah. The rings. Get the fuck out of here, Peter Jackson. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so right, i make a joke all the time like boz lerman is an acquired taste i make a joke about it either you're gonna like it or not like it but what you're gonna like in this movie is awesome butler i mean like when we watch him on the screen you knew that he is going to be a fucking movie star that is a movie star on the screen i can't really say too much maybe that one guy from dune timothy you're like that's a movie Shall star. I? You know, this guy is a fucking movie star. And I thought the performances was great. I love every music performance. I was so like into like, you know, just him embodying Elvis. And I just love the music. I hate the fact that this was actually narrated from Tom Hanks character. I did not think it was that great. I'm not a big Boss Lumber fan, but I thought this was not one of his worst movies he's ever done. And the movie pretty much sits on Austin's shoulders. You watch this because you want to see Austin in this. And this is the reason why my score is going to be a little higher with than the rest. Because when you watch this, you're watching a fucking probably one of the best performance of the year. And this is easily a, a, a two drink for me, guys. I thought it was fucking great because of Austin Butler himself. He is fucking magnificent in this movie. So this two, is I can, I, can, I can deal with shitty writing. Uh, no, just a two two drink. <laughs> just a two drink. I can deal with shit with guarding to you know with writing and directing, but when you see a performance coming out live from the screen, that just takes everything away from me. I never want to hear any shit on Armageddon. I will never from you. I don't <laughs> want to hear any shit on any of this movie because if you can sit for this train wreck and give it a two, I don't know. I don't know where you're. At. Because yeah. the thing about this is that you know that. You're supposed to feel exhausted in this movie. You're supposed to actually live through this guy's life and whatnot. I, 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 I'm just kidding. You know what I'm saying? You know, yeah. I'm not on a fucking rocket trying to jump a fucking. The early stages, the, the early stages of Elvis was cool to see, of like how he came out about, uh, like he was found in a, you know, and like he was like people, the, the, the beginning of Elvis was crazy with no one ever heard this before. And like people were like throwing bras at him. And it was just like, it was, he took it by storm. I do feel like this movie got a little more wave because of 
Elvis, you know, so uh, people just want to hear his music. So I think that that's why people like the movie. I don't think anyone saw the movie. I think I think they saw the trailer and they like Elvis and they gave it a good. A good it is it is Baz Luhrmann's great. It's uh, like the highest grossing movie for him, man. Like seriously, like you, your guy gonna hate him, but he's gonna get more fucking projects oh, now because no, it Bob is one of the it's one of the number one movies of this year. Brandon, dude. let me see, Brandon. What was it, Brandon? When you uh, take those so, four scores, three of them appropriate, one of them ridiculous, and divide them by four. What did I give Elvis uh, I'm not, there? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not the bad one this time. It's a. Uh, it's three point three seven five. I'll be the half year man. I'll be the half. It's three point three seven five. Where does that three point three seven five put Elvis? I can tell you, it puts it way too high on the list. I was thinking we were going to have the two pauses no. on the bottom with Gatsby and Elvis. Like, which one's going to be better? Well, some. No, this was vastly superior to – this was watchable compared to The Great Gatsby. The Great Gatsby, you couldn't even – I couldn't even sit through half the movie. I would have taken Gatsby. I will you know, Gatsby I liked The Gatsby the first time I watched it. Yeah, me too. The first uh, time I watched, watched Gatsby, Gatsby, I liked it. But after I kept watching, I was like, oh. Gatsby oh. should have been a musical, and I think I would have forgiven it a lot. Yeah. Okay, so seriously, what is the score? 3.75. 3.375. 3.375. Seven five. five. Okay, so it is tied with Point Break. <laughs> I don't oh. even have to bring it up. You just no, did blasphemy. Oh God, Eddie, Eddie, do you want to take back your score? So movies that are better than it are the classic, the so classic, mo- and our, our highly our, our our best film review ever, Halloween. Yeah, it, it is better than this movie. Which I, Armageddon I, is better than this movie. Armageddon is better than this movie. Wonder Woman, Maverick. We were too hard on Maverick. And the mm-hmm. holiday, the holiday, oh, the holiday. Bro, the shit. Maverick doesn't have a real story if you think no. about it. No. <laughs> Not a bit. He he pulls the card out. He gets the ace of. So the it's eight. below, guys. It's below. All right, all right. All so right. if you watch this, you're just watching Awesome Butler. That's all you're watching. This is why you watch this movie. There That's it. Some truth to that. All right, right? I, I get you all shook up, and it's uh, we should have a little less conversation. If you're a fan of our you're a hound dog, brother. You're a hound dog, brother. If you're a fan of the podcast. We ask you please subscribe wherever you're listening. And leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram at the.gentlemanpodcast. The dot means a lot. You can visit our website, gentlemanpodcast.com. Or if you want to reach out, you can do so by email at hosts at thegentlemanpodcast.com. And I will say one for the money, two for the show, three to get ready, and four, here <laughs> we go. Hey, we, we made it to an hour. We stretched it.